Eric Strasberg from Sustainablog. Uh, here with uh, Hanging with Sustainablog as uh, we do this every Thursday at 3 o'clock. I am here by myself right now. And, and given today's topic, that, that may be completely appropriate. Um, just to uh, start off with, with a story here, usually on Mondays is when I reach out to people and let them know, okay, here's the topic we're going to be discussing at the uh, Hangout this week and and so this week I sent out a note said hey let's let's talk about the whole uh, the Doha climate summit um, because that's going on now you know I, I sent that out I went back I looked at some other stuff um, realized that, that no it wasn't going on it had already ended it ended over the weekend I had paid so little attention to this whole process this time around that uh, I didn't you know I had a vague sense of when it was going on but, but that's about it and that's that's changed a lot over really the last three years. I mean, I can still remember Copenhagen a, a few years ago, um, and and perhaps you know I, I think a lot of that had to do with it was the first climate summit, which during which uh, Obama was president. Uh, so I think there was a lot of hope created around the the gathering that year. Um, but you know, in, in the time since then, and, and perhaps because ultimately a whole lot didn't happen. At, at Copenhagen, um, you know, we, we've gotten less and less uh, interested in these things and, and uh, maybe have less and less faith that, that anything is going to happen. Um, this year, of course, nothing did happen. I mean, if you've looked at any of the news, I think somebody just came into the house. Whatever, I'll keep talking. They, they, they're used to it. You know, but if you've looked at any of the news reports since um, the meetings closed this weekend, you, you saw that basically they have uh, extended the Kyoto Protocol through 2020. Now, they've extended the Kyoto Protocol without making any changes whatsoever to the cuts that are expected from the industrialized countries that are covered under the Kyoto Protocol. Um, nor have they put any more money into covering countries that may need some help on that front. Um, you know, the, I mean, they did come out with an agreement, uh, the, the Doha Gateway, that they call it. But, but, but it's hard to look at this and then say, you know, anything big happened. It, it's hard to say much of anything happened. Um, I'm, uh, I'm kvetching here, of course. Um, I have to wonder if the political class knows that we're not paying attention to this, um, that we're not putting the pressure on them to get in there and, and do these things. Um, and on the other side, of course, that this is an incredibly difficult topic. Um, the types of changes that need to be made in order to address climate change are huge changes and politicians by and large don't like to make huge changes. They certainly don't like to be the one who promotes or, or proposes big changes. I mean, let's face it, politicians by and large um, find movements that already have people following it and, and they get in front of it. And, and that's, you know, that's politicians you like or politicians you don't like. Um, for, for the most part, that that's the way they, they do these things. It, it's pretty rare 
when you come across one that, that is actually willing to get out there and and push forth new bold ideas that again aren't already supported. Hello? Hello. Okay, you are here. Yeah. I, I'm broadcasting, but that's okay. <laughs> My wife's up. Yeah. Um so uh, so yeah, ultimately that, that that's what what I've been thinking about. And in thinking about whether, you know, is there um any way we can do this differently. Um certainly there there are power elements in play here from what I understand. Um Canada and the United States were really the ones that held things up this time around, with, with, with Canada being the, the worst of the bunch, and then they're making a ton of money on the shale oil. Um, so that that's understandable, certainly. Um, and, and granted, we, we've never been pretty good, particularly good in the United States about uh, addressing these particular issues. So uh, so it's, it's not surprising to me that, that we were also holding things back to, to, uh, to a large degree this time around. That, that's that been the case we've gone. Um, there was an article at Grist. Let me see if I can pull this up and show it to you. This was from last month by Philip Bump. Um, even suggesting that There we go. You can even take a look here, and of course I will put this up, um, a link up to this. Um, perhaps the U.S. might even dump this whole United Nations process and, and uh, rather sign on to a process that um, involves the, the major economic powers. And, and uh, he goes through, you know, obviously what the, what the benefits to the U.S. in doing that. Are they don't have to deal with um, smaller countries, developing countries, and, and their issues around this, which which are big, of, of course. But um, the article, you know, I mean, it, it's it's thoughtful in, in the sense that uh, for one, that that you know, the U.S. could pull out of this, and, and if they did, what what would that mean for the overall process? And, and then just you know, he kvetches a bit a bit on this too that. Uh, Nothing's being accomplished. We know that. Um, and and after this last round of talks, it, it's just that much more frustrating. There we go. I'm back. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and just uh, wander on and on by myself. Uh, you know, you guys understand what's at stake here, and um, furthermore, what, what kind of challenges. We face. Um, I wish I could come here with an answer and, and say, "Hey, this is how we can get the world um, to agree that this is how we're going to address greenhouse gas emissions and, and development, and, and uh, how we can make sure that the developed world can get their living standards up to where they want them to be, without you know adding more carbon dioxide or adding tons more carbon dioxide to." To make the problems worse, and then furthermore, here's how those of us in the developed world can can change our lifestyles in, in such a way to also meet these. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, there's certainly lots of ideas out there. You know, cap and trade and the carbon tax are, are still some of the big ones. Um, but uh, I I don't have an answer at, at this point. I was hoping mostly to discuss this today, um, and of course we we can 
discuss this from here on out, even though I'm sitting here talking to the camera and nowhere, no one else. Um, we can um, we can still discuss within the, the comments and so forth, and I'll be putting this up on Sustainable Blog also. So, uh, you know, let me know what, what you think. Do you, I mean, is there an answer to this? Um, are we just screwed? Um, or can we collectively, internationally, make the kinds of changes that, that we need to make in, in order to address this? And, and if so, what, what is the, the process for doing it? Because this whole United Nations process just doesn't seem to be working very well. I'm Jeff McIntyre Strasberg from Sustainablog. Um, thank you for, for watching. I, hey, somebody is watching. I, I see that there. How you doing? <laughs> um, and uh, go ahead, please, you know, leave some comments either on YouTube or on Google+, or, or even on the Sustainablog post when I put this video up. We'll be back next week. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Bye.